Hello, hello, and welcome to Fempreneur True Confessions. I'm Angelique with Lady Powerhouse Solutions, and today I am here with Amy Harrell. Her Amy, did I say your name right? You sure did. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, and so I am, Lady Powerhouse Solutions is a heart-centered approach to offering project and event management for women entrepreneurs who are on fire, lighten up the world with their passion and drive. And Lady Powerhouse Solutions help them achieve their mission in the most authentic way possible. We really work with them to really get their messaging really authentic and um we do project and, like I said, project and event management, but a lot of those projects are around what is everybody doing these days? Digital marketing for their business. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's where we support them. Um, and Laura, my counterpart, it counterpart, <laughs> that's going to be a good, good blooper, um, yeah. isn't able to be with us today. She's having some technical difficulties, mm -hmm. so we're going to do it solo. Um, but normally she would come on here and also introduce herself. Um, so I'm going to do that for her. So even though she's not here, um, she's an important part of Fempreneur True Confessions. She's the other half. She's the co-host. So um, she uh, is the owner of ODAA, which is Other Duties as Assigned. They're a VA agency, um, and they help small business to grow and scale their business confidently. They build strategy and add solutions to assure that the focus is on what it needs to be on to thrive while allowing the businesses to release the need to be everything in their business. So helping them learn to delegate and a focus on their superpower in their business. Mm -hmm. um, and so Laura and I kind of do the same type of thing, but rather than compete, we partner and we refer clients back and forth. We support each other personally within our businesses. Um, we, we call ourselves business best stage and that's <laughs> kind of what we are. I love um, that. Yes. And so we came up with the idea for the podcast because we saw that there were a lot of female entrepreneurs out there that weren't getting the support. 80% mm -hmm. were saying we're not finding the support we need for our business. Mm -hmm. um, and they're not finding the mentorship. They're not finding the resources. Mm -hmm. And so we just felt like we needed to bring something to the podcasting platform for a place for women to talk about that stuff mm -hmm. and offer mm -hmm. support for other female entrepreneurs. Because guess what? We can support each other. We don't have yes. to. Compete. There's more than enough. We're totally about the abundance mindset. So mm -hmm. the podcast is really about normalizing um, the struggle the, the challenges that we face as female entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and sharing those lessons um, so that we can lift other women up and we, we're not into tearing anybody down. We want to normalize what it looks like when women succeed at supporting each other. That's so mm -hmm. really important and to me, especially um, mm -hmm. in the process, building up their confidence, encouraging mm -hmm. them to use their gifts and passions to fulfill their life's calling. And ultimately, we're, we're going to build and maintain and grow a sisterhood that believes in this abundance mindset, mm -hmm. sharing those challenges and helping each other rise to our highest potential. Beautiful. And, that is beautiful. And Amy here is, is she's in alignment with that and she's done it and she's going to share her story with us today. So Amy, I'm going to do a little quick intro on you, girl. So Amy believes systems run businesses. High five. High five. Changing. 
people run the systems and Amy was one of the youngest executive directors ever hired for the largest nonprofit in the United States. And she attempted something no one else had ever done. She utilized a new, new platform called MySpace <laughs> and integrated it with AOL. We are so aging ourselves right here because we know what those so, things are. So um, aging ourselves. <laughs> So okay. you did that to, to raise more money and do it in less mm -hmm. time. But mm -hmm. without this radical shift, 41 nonprofits would have lost allocation. Hundreds of thousands of lives would have gone without help. And mm -hmm. after 22 years, seven company transformations within America's longest lasting brands, two of the nation's top nonprofits, 150 mm -hmm. small businesses and three businesses of her own. Amy is convinced more than ever that those companies who are committed to impacting more lives mm -hmm. must use technology ooh, that is deliberately targeted and truthfully measured. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. yes. I believe well, that in my very core. <laughs> and, you know, we can't go there today. But my first thought was, what do you think about AI? How are you using that? But um, let's talk about that one day talk, offline. Yeah, that'll have to be. Like I'm, I'm thinking about mm -hmm. starting another podcast just so we can talk about those things too. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so, um, but today we're going to talk about your story. Um, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about losing your business, your first business, yeah. uh, why that happened, how, what you learned from it. Mm -hmm. And then after we're going to fast forward, we're going to jump forward and who knows what we'll talk about in between. Right. <laughs> but yeah. then we'll talk about the 23 years. Um, mm -hmm. when you were an agile leader and ex executing mm -hmm. all these, this tech mm -hmm. and digital driving the business. And, um, we'll talk about the patterns that you see emerging from that and mm -hmm. the, the, just sharing some little nuggets with us. Maybe mm -hmm. how about that? I would love to do that. I would awesome. love to do that. It's such an honor to be here with you. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, can I tell you why I'm so convicted about um, technology that is deliberately measured? <laughs> is be, I'm, I'm going to tell you why, because I was so lazy <laughs> and I wanted what I wanted. I wanted it fast. I wanted someone else to get it for me. And that's how I lost my first business is I had this ego, Angelique, that I was like, I, I'm doing this for these biz these companies and these, you know, this United Way, the, the Boys and Girls Club. I can go do this for myself. So I just jump ship, which if I can give anybody any advice, work yourself out of your job, journey of the broke, while you are building a career, which is going to be your business. Whatever you do, do not jump until you can, your career can support the paycheck. I was told that and thought I knew better. And I jumped and I went to this business and that ha was a brick and mortar, had a lot of overhead, needed a staff, required inventory, required systems, required distribution channels, manufacturing, um, you know, nationally and internationally and thought I could just do this. And had no clue what KPIs were, had no idea what metrics were. I did not know what the difference was. I did not understand margin. I did not understand the very measurements of the path. And I, that's how I lost my first business. And then I thought, oh, the things I don't want to do, someone else can do them. And then I can just sit back and get the money 
And it just doesn't, this sounds so foolish because it was, right? I'm 45 today. I was in my late 20s then. And man, I learned a really, really hard lesson there. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So you mentioned earlier about not being able to find anyone to help you. Yeah. Um, And then people started asking you for help, right? Yeah. So it was interesting because I failed. And I was like, I don't real at the time, I did not know what I know today. I did not even know what I didn't know. I didn't know what to ask. I didn't know who to ask. So I just started calling people that had shown me some grace, you know, was still willing to like stay in a conversation with an egomaniac, you know, and just like gently walk with me and not kick me in the face, which is ultimately, you know, maybe what my personality needed. I needed... I needed disruption and that's why I lost that business. That was my disruption. That was my divine disruption, if you will. Oh, I was, like okay, it. right? I'm going to I'm going to yank this out from underneath you so that you can learn what not to do ever again. So in that in that loss, in that grieving, in that in that the valley, if you will, I found some light givers, right, that came to me and said we will show you what happened. So one by one, these people with, you know, much, much older than me, most of them long um, runways of success set me down and showed me the numbers that mattered, showed me what technology does and what it doesn't do, um, helped me understand what testing was, that failure wasn't final, that actually the faster you fail, the quicker you learn what works and what doesn't work, right? Feedback. Yes, it is just feedback. And so, and that feedback loop must stay, must stay consistent or we will, yeah, or we will lose. We will lose everything. And so understanding those key things, man, helped me also ask myself, why didn't I see this before? You know, it it started, it, it forced me to turn inward and start looking at my um, motivations, looking at what has impacted me over my lifetime that got me to that point of ego driven decisions and not, um, other driven decisions, you know, so, uh, that, that was huge. And so once I had some new input and feedback, I went to testing cause now I wasn't afraid of the failure. You know, I got back into the corporate game. Um, somehow I always was hired for jobs. I really wasn't qualified to do, but I, I was so hungry to learn you know, even though I had this this egomaniac, I was also desperately terrified to let people down, right? So that kept me on a short leash. It, You know, it can be a bad thing and a good thing, you know, when you don't want to let people down. It's a tension for sure. So long story short, it was in that learning, I, I started taking jobs where I could test what I wanted to learn. And that's what helped me create the integration of technology and learning and measurements that I know today and see the intersection of human strength and human dynamics with married with those systems of technology to drive our most desired outcomes. And it was interesting because I could not find someone that could teach me all of that in one thing. 
So I was a pioneer in that way that I grabbed all of this learning and organized it, tested it, and then started to share it and put it down in these very expensive companies. If we failed, there would be a lot of money lost, you know, and lives lost and jobs lost. So I was confident in my learning. I was confident in the people that had taught me. So that helped me forge confidence in the system and pass it on to other people. So then people started saying, hey, you shared with my assistant this one tip and we had to unplug our phone. So we need to know more about how to make these things happen, right? And so I was like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Well, that's what we call a, you know, a consultant or I'm not a coach. I don't have any special certifications there, so I don't go there. But I really just share with people what not to do from my own what not to do book. <laughs> that's and that's so much of what business and learning business mm -hmm. is about learning what not to do. Correct. You know, because we all have our idea of what we should be doing until we mm -hmm. figure out, oh, I, I shouldn't be doing that. Yes. Every business is different. Depends on where you are, what niche you're in, who you're serving. Mm -hmm. I mean, just so many um, factors, mm -hmm. you know, to consider. Yes. There but, are so many. You know, I, you know, I think running a business is more than 50% of learning what not to do. And the other 50% yeah. is like, oh, damn, I got that right. Yeah, that's right. Yes. And that's yes. the little percentage that keeps us going, right? Most yes. of the Yes. Yes. So well said. And, you know, um, who's the guy who pinned the, the phrase? You got to know your why. And mm. you got to really have a why. Like, why yeah. are you doing this? Because yeah, you can't just say sure. about money. Yep, that's right. It will not sustain you. That drive for more money, it, there'll never be enough. You know, there will never be enough. I mean, I had to learn. I I made more money from my failures than from my wins because I could become better and make something better. And that's what people pay you for. Right. They pay you for the better and they pay you for... Um, the opportunity to drive down their own risk. You so know, if you, you to repeat yeah. that for the people in the back that <laughs> missed it a little louder now. Yes. Yes. That your failures are what made you the money. Yeah, that's right. That's, ex I mean, I can literally track it. it. I made more money by failing. It was in these, and we see this in nature, you know, like a plant can be saved from a predator um, bug because a bird will come down and be coming after the predator bird, therefore saving the the plant. So it looks bad, right? The bird's coming for the, the predator bug, but a plant is saved in the process. It's in that death cycle that we find the most life, you know? Right. And so I found I made more money in the midst of the failures than I did on the top of the mountain, you know? That's awesome. That, yeah. That's powerful. We're going to use that video clip because that's, yeah. that's freaking amazing. And yes, I've true. never, I'll be honest with you. I've never heard anybody say that. Well, because most of us don't track <laughs> where well, the yeah. money, you know, or when it is. And it's, it's hard to know, you know, it's yeah. hard to know. I am a, uh, 
I am a massive, please just try. So you can't have a lot of stuff going on if you expect to track the the loss. You've got to know where the losses are so you don't do that again. And you have to know where, what to duplicate, you know? And uh-huh. you can't know that just from thinking about it. So it, it does change the way I, it's completely changed the way I work. Um, when I think about, okay, I need to understand the failure because it's in the midst of that, that the most success typically comes for me. You know, I think people don't talk about it because failure has this, this negative connotation that failure is bad. It's a personal reflection on me as a person mm-hmm. when in yeah. fact it's, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. This is your greatest learning, earning opportunity. Yes, and that's when right. When you fail is examining why, how to do it different, what yep. what would make it different, mm-hmm. you know, listening mm-hmm. to why it failed. So, yes. Thank yes. you so I much am... for bringing that up. Well, and I'm sorry about my office assistant. You were supposed your to be quiet. Assistant? Are they <laughs> angry? I don't know, but she's supposed to be quiet. Shh. <laughs> is it a puppy uh well she's a year old so we're we're still learning when yeah. when to bark and when not to yeah that's okay that's okay like <laughs> like you said at the beginning maybe before yeah. maybe it was in the green room before we started recording but yeah. um you know people want the authentic part okay yes, the they fact do that mm-hmm. i'm moving and there are boxes boxes behind me okay yes I'm still that's unpacking. right and how many of us have an office assistant that just happens to be furry? Okay. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and they do speak, they have a voice and they want to be heard just like the yes. rest of us. Thank you. That's very right. Much. That's right. So what did you mean though, when you said you couldn't find anyone to help you? Yeah. So I was looking for somebody that could, that could teach me what, what is the technology that's going to help me? Um, achieve my outcomes, how am I going to know it's working and where is the intersection of the human connection? Because I like human connection. I like the interactions with the clients. I like, I like to be the one talking to the prospects. I want to be the live human. I don't want an AI version of myself in those early interactions because it's so the trust journey is real. Yes. It is real, especially when you're dealing with other humans on the other side of the world. And they, they're like trying to figure out it. People ask me all the time, is this a real background? Yes, it is. And then I'll get comments, Angelique, that say, wow, you actually look like your picture. I'm like, thank God I look like my picture. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because I don't want them to, because it's in those little things that they lose trust. So 87% of people say, if it's too overproduced, I won't listen to you or I won't read it or I won't engage with it. So I've just always tried to say, what is number? It's very high. It's very, very high. That's why I tell people, I like, I like that you use Canva. Do not use it in the early stages with people that don't know you. You know what I mean? Like keep it as real and as authentic, but also high value. It's the value that matters. Yes. Not the, not the fluff and the pretty, you know? Mm -hmm. So I couldn't find someone to teach me all of that. 
So I just had to set out to figure it out. And then I became that person that could pass it on, you know, and now, I mean, that was 15 years ago. Now there's brilliant people on the scene that I kind of came up with that are, you know, influencers, these big names, you know, big platforms, lots of followers, and they're, they're teaching it. And I love that. I love that we've got more voices in the marketplace. So People can fail fast and win fast. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I've had people in the past comment, you know, like, it's like you're not afraid to try anything. And I don't know why that is. Mm -hmm. um, the, the best I can say is that I grew up as an only child and there wasn't anyone else to be an example mm -hmm. for me other than my mom. My mom was mm -hmm. my best friend. Wow. Um, I had three older brothers that were like 15 when I was born. So by the time I had any real memory, they mm. were out of the picture. So I was basically an only child and I just had to figure shit out on my own. Yeah. I had to make my, entertain myself. Yes. And so what I learned was that if I messed up, nobody died. Um, Correct. Uh, I didn't get hurt physically. Mm. Um, and you know, I might have learned something in the process and then maybe do mm -hmm. it different the next time. And I'm talking about kitty stuff here. I'm talking about yeah. my mom. I get, you know, in the summer, I'm bored. Here's mm -hmm. some rocks. Paint them. Yes. That was entertainment, you know, yeah. and I found yeah. the ways how thick the paint should be or how runny mm -hmm. the paint should be to paint yeah. the rocks that they turned out good, but they didn't dry too slowly. So I could, you know, leave them yeah. at the neighbor's door and ask for donations or, you know, whatever. Yes. Um, yes. Because, you know, what I learned was asking for a price up front, people were not receptive. But if I just said, <laughs> oh, I'm just, you know, leaving these, but if you want to give me a donation, I'm happy, you know, yeah. that always worked. You, you know, yes. and so I grew up that, that way. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's not that I'm not afraid. I am kind of afraid. But what I've learned is that that fear is there to protect me. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, you know, I try to just check in and go, okay, well, is this physically dangerous? <laughs> is this yes. Or is this just my lizard brain going, oh, no, you can't do, you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. So. Well, I yeah, you know, and I would say that I think one of the the positive contributions to um, my work as an entrepreneur, you know, even as a mother, and I would even go on to just say a basic human, is growing up with a sister that had special needs, you know, that came suddenly. She had a traumatic, um, she had a traumatic birth. Um, emergency where she was suffocated to death by a nurse that found late they found later was highly intoxicated and she had a history of being drunk on the job in other states and the state we lived in let her work even knowing that and so I grew up with a sister where we never she would die in her sleep and we'd have to rush her to the hospital multiple nights a week and I still had to get up and go to school and f try find a way to function as a child and because she was born when I was five. And so that helped me to pivot fast, right? It helped me to, um, it helped me to uh, make room for other people to slow down and, and wait on someone else and let that person have the moment. But what it also did 
is it forged in me this fear that if I didn't move fast, something serious would happen? Because if we didn't move fast, some, but that's not, that's not the case most of the time in business. And so what we end up doing is we end up making fast decisions out of fear instead of patience. And I'm telling you, the best leaders I've ever been around exercise patience. They don't return emails within the hour. You know, if it's not emergent and it's not something they need to attend to, they don't make flippid financial decisions. They make business decisions more often than not from fact. And then they follow it up with a satisfaction. Am I going to enjoy this? Yes, I need this. But is this also going to bring me some satisfaction, which they never talk about in corporate America? Satisfaction is a real metric. (laughs) And... Yeah, it is a real metric, especially when you are a female entrepreneur, because if we check that satisfaction at the door, we're, we are always going to be striving. And when we're working from a place of strife, instead of a place of rest, we make bad decisions because fear plays in that valley, you know? And so I learned that from my sister and I had to learn when I got older, how to balance understanding that fear was a, it, it was an opportunity for me to check in. It wasn't something to respond to all the time. You know what I mean? Right. But I didn't grow up that way. We just lived in a constant state of fear. If you don't move fast, she could die. If you don't get up fast, you know, so it was, a, it was a lot of pressure, which also has helped me as a business owner, carry a lot of pressure and not break, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just, uh, there are so many, I have so many questions, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick to the topics that we talked about before. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we're going to fast forward a little bit because Mm -hmm. after 23 years of being an agile leader, and Mm -hmm. I want you to define that, um, Mm -hmm. and executing tech and digital, uh, to drive business right? Mm -hmm. Um, You saw some patterns emerging and Mm -hmm. that the more successful leaders were, you know, uh, demonstrating or uh, exhibiting. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. first, it'll define agile leader so everybody in the listening audience is on equal ground. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, agile leaders are people that understand that agile, which agile just means flexible, So that's not something you do. Like you don't do flexibility. You have to actually become that person that can ebb and flow and isn't moved, like I was saying, by every wave of momentary fear or somebody else's fear or somebody else. They make decisions. They get people to the table. They are okay with um, everybody knowing their role. So if they're not there, the place can continue on. They're not intimidated by empowering the people around them, which is the archaic way of working. For 100 years, we were trained to work like conveyor belt leaders, right? So then if, you know, you've worked in these companies where if somebody leaves, the whole whole department comes to a screeching halt until someone new is, is hired. Right. So we're all just showing up complaining at the water cooler about what's not working because nobody else has been empowered to pick up the baton and carry it. 
Exactly. Right. So that's what an agile leader does is they take input. They keep those constant feedback loops. They know what's happening in the company. They know the measurements that matter the most to tell them who is the consumer that matters the most to us and what do they want from us? And are we staying in touch with that, you know, all the time? And are we hiring dynamic people to reach that people group, not just someone filling a chair because the place is going to shut down if we don't, you know? So that's really agile leadership. Okay. All right. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so then let's talk about those patterns that you saw emerging mm -hmm. in those successful business leaders. Yeah. Well, they were incredibly patient. Like I had said, they were patient they understood the numbers that matter most. So there's a lot of companies that talk about, I mean, they'll come in and give you 70 KPIs, right? But a key performance indicator always has a time. It always has a time stamp applied to it. And every KPI is a metric, but not every metric is a KPI. And this is what agile leaders understand. And so the important thing is, is that they know what numbers are telling them if they're moving to in the right direction and who is driving the success behind those numbers. And so that was also something else. They kept their pulse on what was important. They did not micromanage. There was not a culture of fear that was led by control, but there was a culture of freedom where accountability was at the forefront. Um, ingenuity was there because they were always having these conversations about, well, what do you know? What do you see? Even to the janitor. This is why Disney, who I worked for, was so, so successful is because, you know, the most educated people on staff are not the the animators it's the it's the people that sweep the streets because they have the most proximity to the most people they're the most valuable in the organization but see we don't see the janitors in our companies as valuable right as part of the as part of the feedback loop an agile leader does though and so these are these are some really core things putting value on the people Knowing what m numbers matter most and patience. Patience, oh my goodness. I've never been around a successful leader that doesn't exercise patience. And you mentioned KPIs. And so, again, when we throw around these acronyms and stuff, I just want to make sure that our listeners, mm. um, especially if they haven't listened to us before, um, yeah. we, we do talk about KPIs. But KPIs are key performance indicators mm. that typically tend to be some kind of number. Right. But yeah, like you said, right. associated with a timeline. Yeah. And tell us a story. They tell us something. And that something tells us if what we want we're moving towards or if we're moving away from before we hit the wall. Right. Before the car hits the wall, the KPI says, hey, you're about to hit that wall. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so some of the things that you mentioned before and I uh, that we captured was they know the two most valuable priorities mm -hmm. in the business. Yeah. Um, they, they've structured their indicators based on those priorities. That's right. Um, and they make decisions on facts, not feelings, which you kind of touched on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they see all data as a chance to learn and reiterate. And yes, 
man, that is, that's powerful stuff right there. Mm -hmm. That's really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, if, if we are going to be able to be leaders, it doesn't, the leader we are in our company is the leader we are everywhere. You know, Maya Angelou said that you are who you are everywhere. There, there is no, there is no Amy owner and Amy mother, right? The, the, it, I am who I am in both places. So I, in order to be that version of myself that can have that kind of, um, connection, right? With my company, the people connected to that company and have emotional intimacy and intellectual intimacy and spiritual intimacy with my family, I have to lean down, Angelique. I cannot do all the things I want to do all the time. I cannot be 100%, 100% of the time. And that's something we have to accept. I can do all the things I want to before I die, but I cannot do them all at one time. And that is okay. That is not weakness. That is me preserving what is best for the best time. Because some things have a time and that's why we have seasons, right? Like I don't want winter in summer. I would never enjoy the snow, right? Right. And I think the snowman from Frozen made a whole song about that. (laughs) (laughs) I have elementary age children, so that's my reality. And I worked for Disney. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I know that, um, what you're, uh, you're offering a free consult, uh, yes. free, uh, one hour consult for our, uh, listeners, but, yeah. um, I want you to talk a little bit more about what you do so they know what they'll be getting. Yeah. Well, the business world labels me a consultant, which means I've just done something long enough to know what not to do. <laughs> so I am not a coach. I, I, I have a system that I've integrated that some people find value in purchasing. And then my expertise comes along to show them everything we've talked about today. Um, But in that consult with people, what I'm, what I'm looking to help them do is to really um, hear what are they doing in the business? Who's buying it? What systems of technology are they employing, if any, or what have they employed that didn't work? And then I want to be able to help them fine tune the the process to get that outcome with numbers, with technology, and with the human dynamics that they're wanting to integrate so that they can have some time freedom, you know? Like, who who leaves their job, their nine to five, really, it's more like seven to seven who leaves that job to then work from seven to 11 no one right right but i we have to work but there is a better way for us to work we can work better for sure yeah okay awesome that's fantastic so we'll drop the link for that in the show notes um and our announcements for this week is just be sure you're signed up. You're on our email list. We send out weekly sneak peek newsletters and mm-hmm. monthly recaps for past guests. And those are packed full of valuable um, offers and uh, freebies and lead magnets and all kinds of, of wonderfulness. Mm-hmm. Yumminess. Like, mm-hmm. I like that. 
<laughs> um, so thank you again so much for being with, uh, with us today, Amy, or with me, um, on Fempreneur True Confessions. And, uh, we barely scratch the surface, girl. We need to have you back. Um, so we hope you'll, um, rebook, uh, again for 2024. We're booked for 2023, but, um, we're already booking into 2024 and we're not slowing down. We're just taking a break. Yeah. I would love to just talk to both of you. You both have so much to give. I would love to spend a little more time just learning from the two of you. Well, I'm absolutely signing up for that free consult um, because, you know, I'm not one of those people that think, oh, I know everything. I know that. I know yeah. there's stuff I don't know. Like, mm. I don't know what I don't know. So I need to go figure that out. Yes. And that you do it with people like you that, mm. you know, um, that are offering to share their expertise, mm -hmm. which is, you know, and you've got a couple, three decades worth of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and I do too, but it's, you know, we both have different experiences. That's right. Yes. We can, that's why we do this podcast. So women can share their experiences. And then if you're listening and, and something, you know, strikes your mm -hmm. fancy lines up with what your experience has been, or yeah. you're maybe headed in the same direction. And you've said something today that will be like, red flag, wait a minute, I need to mm. have some patience mm -hmm. and really look at the the data and the facts before I move forward with this mm -hmm. essentially expensive. It could be expensive because of your time. It could be expensive yes. because of money. Yes. It could be expensive because of relationships that you mm -hmm. could be endangering. You just never mm -hmm. know. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. again, thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. Um, we will see you guys next week. Same bad channel, same bad time. We're here um, every week. So we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye, guys. You're welcome.